Everybody, Jim Sammons here from the Kayak Fishing Show live, brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company, as always, uh, except I'm having a beer. I got too much to do. I <laughs> uh, hope everybody's doing good. Of course, we are also brought to you by all these great sponsors, Seaguard, Jackson Kayak, Warner Paddle, Standard Horizon, Yak Attack, Seagler Reels, A Band of Anglers, which is Patrick Sabeel's Lures, Raymarine and Kokatat. Those have all been our sponsors for a really long time. And, you know, need to mention them because uh, without them, we wouldn't be able to do this show for so long. Of course, I feel like we're not doing the show right now because uh, we're just still kind of stuck. Got no plans, got no trips, got nothing. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, been kind of windy around here. So the fishing's not really going. Uh, I think I mentioned it the other day, guy caught a really big white sea bass uh, up off Dana Point. Um, so, you know, pretty impressive with that. But the, it's uh, very, very high winds out here today, kind of like what we're looking at behind me there. That's actually out at Cedros Island um, and uh, not really having a chance to get out. But, you know, neither here nor there. The other thing is, uh, again, been kind of busy, unfortunately, um, because of distractions, I forgot to schedule a guest for today. I, I never really <clears throat> got around to it. Uh, like I said, a lot of distractions. I had to, one of my dogs, who's 15 years old, had to, had to put him down the other day. And that kind of threw a wrench into things around here. And um, among other things. So anyway, <clears throat> but because this, this episode is about the, uh, the making of the crack, and at least part of the episode is, and then other parts is, is doing some fishing in Tennessee. Uh, I figured I could handle any questions and uh, we could talk a little bit about it. Um, say hello to a few people who are watching. Uh, Volks Watson, he loves his cracking. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm glad somebody does. <laughs> uh, and Liam, thanks for joining us. And I appreciate it. We've got quite a few guys here actually joining us from the um, Kayak Fishing Tales, our YouTube channel, which I always like to see. So very, very cool. Uh, Serge, thanks for joining us, man. And Lost Horizon Fishing, windy here in Huntington Beach also. Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, pretty windy the rest of the week is my understanding. So, uh, you know, <sighs> I have been doing some working on the kayaks and I did some working on our boat. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go fishing. <laughs> you just need that, that window to really open up uh, so, we can, uh, so we can get after it. Uh, Louis Artola, first th time here. Thanks for joining us, man. Like I said, normally speaking on these shows, you know, we bring in a guest, someone who was with me in the shooting of the episode. Um, basically the guest I would have liked on this episode would have been Tony Lee, who was the designer at, uh, Jackson kayak. And like I said, things got kind of messed up and I just kind of forgot to invite anybody. The other guests on here are Damon Bungard and Eric Jackson, who on no longer work for Jackson kayak. Um, so no big deal though. Still fun, still good friends. But, uh, like I said, just, it was just my spacing out that I forgot to invite anybody on here. So, uh, but we do these every Tuesday and Thursday. So, uh, you know, airing our older episodes, this episode that we're airing is from season six, episode seven. Uh, and we have been on the air, um, 11 years. So, you know, been on the air a long time. Uh, so if this is, if this is new to you, um, we air the Jackson kayak years on Tuesdays. And then on Thursdays, we air our um, ocean kayak years. So the beginning. Um, <clears throat> so speaking of the beginning, you know, the, this episode is going to talk about uh, the Kraken, the boat that I helped design with Jackson kayak. Um, my experience with working on boat designs goes back to, you know, I worked with ocean kayak uh, for a long time. Uh, I sent the very first proposal for a true fishing boat uh, to Ocean Kayak, which that boat became the Prowler. Uh, that, that was actually based on the boat for, and not very many people are familiar with it, a boat called the Manta uh, from Ocean Kayak. Uh, it was a great paddling boat, um, had a lot of volume. Um, 
really the whole deck layout was wrong. <laughs> there was nothing right about that boat. You, uh, your feet position were really close together. It wasn't very comfortable, but it was an awesome, awesome paddling boat and had that volume to carry a lot of fishing gear. So um, I was lucky enough to paddle that thing. And right after I paddled that, I sent this proposal to Ocean Kayak to use that basic hull and redesign the deck on it and uh, turn that into a fishing boat, which eventually became the Prowler. Um, after the Prowler, I worked on the uh, deck design and helped them with that boat, doing all the, the deck layout on the Trident, um, the, uh, the uh, fish finder area that folded up, the very, one of the very first center hatches, which we called the Rod Pod. Uh, so you get your rods, everything down inside the boat. So that was a really fun project to work on. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, I never got a whole lot of notoriety. Never, nobody ever really said much that I helped do all this design work on this. But whatever. Fast forward, I end up working with Jackson Kayak, and what an awesome experience it was to work with Tony Lee, other team members, other guys at the factory, and, and be able to work on what would become my signature boat the Kraken. Um, and I say this in the video and I will say it again. I didn't design this boat. Uh, if any kayak anglers are out there saying they designed a boat, they didn't. Um, you know, we have input and, but unless you were there with a planer and, you know, laying up the plugs and doing everything else, you didn't design the boat. You know, we had input. I was lucky to work with a great group of guys and we all collectively designed the Kraken. Uh, I mean, I got some of the best ideas working, bouncing ideas back and forth with my buddy, Sean, um, you know, so it's all collaborative. You know, like I said, I did not design this boat, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, they put my name on it because, um, you know, I did have a lot of input, but I, I certainly wasn't in there, you know, sanding down styrofoam to make the initial plug. So, <laughs> uh, but we were pretty proud with how that came out. Um, some of the pretty funny things that were involved there, um, <clears throat> because I'm in San Diego, uh, Jackson kayak being as far to Tennessee, it was a lot of, uh, emails and texts and going back and forth on, on ideas and what we thought should be one way versus another way. And Tony Lee and I just got into it, uh, really butting heads on, on a couple of the design things that he was putting in. Um, and this is just going by them sending me photos and me, like I said, me being here in San Diego. Um, and we were just, just, he could not see how I was thinking. Um, he didn't understand it. I couldn't understand what he was trying to say. So finally, Damon just goes, dude, we need to get this settled. Get out here. So they flew me out there. Um, I walked into the into Tony's design area, uh, shaping room, and within 15 minutes, we had it all settled. You know, because then I could understand what he was conceptualizing. He could understand my thought process, and like that, we made it work. And that day, I, I think I was there for a few days, but we hammered out so many details on that boat, and it was so much fun. But like I said, the whole process was a great time working with everybody. And like I said, uh, my buddy, Sean White, he and I bounced so many ideas back and forth on, on this boat while we were still working on it. And, and just from past experience working on these other uh, fishing boats, um, you know, it, it's, it's a sad thing for me that the boat is kind of on the back shelf now. Uh, you know, if, if somebody wants to special order it and we get like a bulk order, they get, they'll still do it. But um, unfortunately the Kraken is, is, is a discontinued boat and, you know, maybe it was, uh, not ahead of its time, but behind its time, you know, if they could make that boat a, a lot lighter, uh, I'm sure it would still go. Um, but it seems like now everybody wants to pedal and you know, this, I'm a paddler. This is a paddler's, a true paddler's fishing boat. And I mean, it performs so well. Uh, in surf and rough water and, and everything else, but everybody seems to think you need pedals anymore. So, and, and pedals certainly have their place, but uh, anyway, you know, if it's not selling, they're not going to keep making it. So totally understand that. But it was, uh, 
I said, it was a, a super fun process and I'm still very involved with Jackson kayak. Uh, we've had meetings on new to boat designs and everything. And we're always talking, um, you know, hopefully someday it goes back to people wanting, um, uh, paddlers boats, or perhaps it'll go back to people wanting to paddle. Um, um, maybe if they do come up with a material that is, is lighter and you can have a, you know, darn near 16 foot kayak that is lightweight and you can move it around, you know, maybe that'll, it'll come back into play. I don't know. Uh, so got a couple comments here. Um, Sergeant rock, uh, he has a big rig that the big rig is a sweet boat. Uh, we, we actually showed an episode the other day. I, I caught a tarpon standing up in the big rig. I mean, just such a fun boat. You know, I, I, I don't like paddling it personally cause it is so big. Um, that, that's a great, the, the pat, the pedal edition of that boat is really awesome. But, uh, as far as a stand up platform, what a great, great boat. The big rig is, uh, Ron, sorry about my dog. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, we had five dogs, so we're back down to four, but my wife wants seven. So, you know, <laughs> uh, Ken, thanks for joining us from Orlando. I really appreciate it. John, how's it going, buddy? Um, we got, uh, Fiska Gustav Nord greetings from Sweden. Uh, the Kraken is a very nice kayak for sea ocean fishing. Yeah. There, there's a funny thing, uh, and thanks for joining us from Sweden. Um, the the Kraken is still quite popular in Europe, um, but then you have all the tariffs and everything, which has made importing the Kraken to Europe very difficult. It's making the boat really expensive. So the one place that really wants the boat is having a hard time with it because of the the purchase price. It's, it's a shame. Um, Lost Horizon just purchased a new self offshore fishing kayak made in South Africa. I'm really excited to bring it out of La Jolla Sharks. Yeah. Again, you know, that's, that's more to that fast, really fast, lightweight paddlers fishing boat. Um, my biggest issue with, with those boats is I don't know if I can sit on them anymore because my back is so bad. That's the one thing that has kept me going is these higher, more comfortable seats on the, on the boats now as opposed to what were in them when I first started out. So, you know, and, and what we've been able to do with the, the bait tank areas and all that. So, you know, uh, what was this Volks? Uh, will this vid be available later? I'd love to watch again. Well, yeah, this will stay up. Uh, this will be um, available on the Facebook page and it will stay up on the, um, on the YouTube channel, Kayak Fishing Tales. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's definitely not heavier than a Hobie. Yeah, the, like the pro angler is 135 pounds. I told this story the other day is, you know, back in the day when we were paddling the, um, you know, the old Scupper Pro, you know, I'd carry that thing around over my head like a, a, a surfboard. And it weighed around 50 pounds. And everybody thought it was such an awesome boat, but they were like, God, this is really great. If only it was lighter, I would give anything to go back to having a nice, long, light 50 pound boat because now they're, you know, 75 pounds is, is a minimum anymore. So, um, like I said, but if you start getting into composites and carbon fiber right now, they are just, they become so expensive. So, you know, until they can come up with a material that's light, but it's not going to kill the, you're just not going to sell the volume of boats you need to. Um, yeah, it's sad. Uh, if it's here, here, it's sad. It's here. It's been discontinued. Um, try getting out through the surf with a big pedal. Yeah, that's actually quite entertaining. Go down to the surf launch at La Jolla and watch everybody crash their, their big pedal boats. Um, and, and then the other thing is, um, what, what I have historically seen is that the guys in pedal boats, you know, never really learn great boat control, you know, because us that are paddlers, you learn how to, if you want to be a good paddler, you know, good paddling fisherman, you, you know, you learn how to paddle properly and you learn all those strokes and you learn, learn good boat control. Um, most of the time, you, you know, you'll see guys jump in their, in their pedal boats. And if they do have to paddle, you know, they're paddling upside down and, um, and they, they just never take the time to learn those skills. 
So when you ha are having to deal with surf situations where you do really do need good boat control, um, a lot of times they don't necessarily have it. So um, I do highly recommend, even if you're if you are a peddler, that you take some time and learn to be a good paddler and learn some of the basic strokes. And if you're doing surfing and that sort of thing, learn how to brace. You know, um, I, I was actually looking at a, a video earlier. It just popped up and um, a guy was landing in the surf and he was in an old uh, ocean kayak. And it was the first time I'd seen somebody come in, in the surf and actually demonstrate some good bracing skills in, in quite some time. Um, you know, it, it's just something you don't see that much anymore. So like I said, I highly recommend you go out there, you know, strip down your boat, play with it in the surf zone and all that. But anyway, let's get to this video. Like I said, this is, uh, we visited Sparta, Tennessee, where Jackson Kayak is. And uh, we visit with uh, Tony Lee, who uh, is the boat designer and um, talk about what we went through to design the boat. And then we go through a step-by-step -step on the process of basically, it's not necessarily the Kraken, but uh, of the process of making a sit on top kayak. And then, like I said, then we go fishing with EJ and uh, Damon at uh, a spot for, uh, for largemouth bass up where they live there. So uh, with no further ado, let's let this thing roll. I guess I should add it to the feed. There we go. This week on the Kayak Fishing Show, we're in Sparta, Tennessee, visiting Jackson Kayak. We're going to take you through the process of making my signature boat, the Kraken. We're going to show you from design to coming out of the mold, and hopefully at the end of the day, I'm going to take one home. Stick around. Word to the wise if your mama ain't taught you. Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you by Jackson Kayak. One family, many waters. Standard Horizon. Nothing takes to the water like Standard Horizon. Raymarine. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater with Raymarine. Mountain Khaki. Live life untucked. Ram Mounts. Innovative mounting systems proudly made in the USA. And Hook One. Everything you need to get out there and hook one. This week on Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show, Jim travels to Sparta, Tennessee to see the home of Jackson Kayak. He's there to see the first run of his signature kayak, the Kraken, as they come hot out of the oven. When I first joined Jackson Kayak, one of the things we initially talked about was making a boat that was appropriate for my style of fishing, which is for the most part, bigger water, paddling distances. Uh, that's what I like. I really like paddlers fishing kayaks. I had the pleasure of working with Tony Lee, his, the rest of his design staff, and the rest of the Jackson Kayak family to come out with this cracking kayak, Jim Salmon's signature boat. And I just came from the D dealer summit where everybody had a chance to paddle it. And the feedback so far has been nothing but amazing. Really, it, it started with number one, they came to me and said, hey, we've got uh, Jim Salmons on board, so that means we're going to have to build a boat for him. And my first thought was, who the hell is Jim Salmons? <laughs> because, you know, no, I've been doing this for 18 years now, and this is probably one of the most fun projects I've, I've been, been on because it was, it was 
you get to do something that hasn't been done before. Something right. that's fast and stable that anybody can uh, fish out of and paddle. And I actually, I think this would be a, 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 even if you didn't fish, I think this would be a great boat to uh, be in. Oh yeah, and, that, and that's what I've always said. It's like, you know, yeah, it's a fishing boat. It's supposed to be, but for the expedition guy who wants an expedition sit on top, you know, warmer waters, you know, that sort of thing, it's certainly gonna do that. Cause not only did you get the speed, the stability, but we have that volume. So um, we make, obviously we make a lot of different types of boats and my favorite boat is the big rig, wide, stable. Um, however, the, uh, uh, the thing that was missing from the Jackson kayak line is a fishing boat that just goes long distance, fast, made for offshore, big swells. Um, and that's what I'm fired up with the Kraken. It's just, it takes to, to another place. I don't want anybody to ever say that Jim Salmon's designed this boat, honestly. I mean, it, and it's been said, I didn't design this boat. I, I had input, I helped. Tony Lee designed this boat and did just an amazing job. The things he incorporated into this boat and the working experience that I had with him on this boat was, was just great. Stay tuned. When we come back, the guys head to Long Branch Lakes for a few days in bass-filled waters. The Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Jackson Kayak. One family, many waters. Learn more at jacksonkayak.com. So there's a, uh, a commercial break. And so if there's any questions, I'll, I'll just take a look over here. Um, Volkswagen said stinking fast for a paddle. Yeah, you, the, the Kraken was a, a great paddling boat. And um, particularly, I like the 15 footer, you know, they came out with a 13 footer, which we have always known has been kind of the sweet spot. Um, people like that length. Um, I always said I would like it if it was 17 feet, you know, I like long, fast boats. Um, it really, the Kraken really, uh, in my opinion, excelled when the conditions got worse. Um, you know, it just, it just cuts right through that. You know, I, I paddled it side by side with some competition where their boats were kind of going through the chop and the Kraken just said, such nice lift over the chop. And uh, like I said, just, just a joy to paddle. I will say that uh, at least on the 15 footer where historically I don't like rudders on, on kayaks. Um, I think if you know how to paddle for the most part, the boat will um, do what you want it to do. But uh, like some other long boats, um, the Kraken did kind of uh, like to have a rudder um, in a following sea. Uh, it did have a tendency to want to slide to the side, get a little broachy, um, in a, in a, a long following sea. So, uh, where I have one of my Krakens has a rudder on it. I would probably only drop the rudder like one out of every four trips. Uh, but when you needed it, it sure was nice to have a rudder on there, but, uh, everything else, like I said, we, we put a lot of thought into it on um, how you could set up your electronics, um, you know, having a good big transducer scupper on it. Uh, unfortunately, transducers just kept getting bigger. Um, and then of course the, the bait tank scupper, which none of the other kayaks have, they still don't have, uh, which was so nice. If you were a, um, if you were a um, bait, a live bait fisherman, historically, you know, we had our bait tanks, you'd have your pump and you kind of drag it off the side of the boat, or you had uh, a, some kind of a pump system that you had to prime, which because of the position we were able to get, and I say we, you know, it was, the idea came from uh, Sean and I and, and, and talking, but um, Tony Lee, again, is the one who made this work, was to get that, that bait pump scupper low enough where it was self-priming. So all you had to do is turn it on and it worked. So, uh, you know, it, moving forward, I hope, uh, I hope we can incorporate that into more boats in the Jackson line because uh, that was something that, like I said, hadn't been done before and uh, hasn't been done since. Um, Deborah Hopkins, have you discussed the new Sportsman 120 autopilot? 
Deborah, I'm not going to lie. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, is yeah, I don't. Even, I can't even guess. Um, Serge says when he I got a pedal kayak, it spoiled spoiled me, but I kept my Liska and still use it once in a while. Yeah, and and again, you know what's going to work for some people doesn't work for others. For me, again, I'm a paddler. I've been paddling forever. Um, until I got the uh, the blue sky, I had never been in a pedal kayak that felt comfortable to me. Um, I, I've got a really bad back and just the, the seated position when pedaling was not as comfortable to me as when I'm seated and paddling. Like I said, the blue sky, it, it, you're much higher, you're pedaling downward. It's more of a, a correct er ergonomic position for me. You know, obviously that's not the case for everybody because otherwise nobody nobody would be paddling. But uh, it, it, like I said, it works better for me. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Mark, joining us from Texas. How are you? Um, Volks, you have a 15. Can't wait to put 10 miles on it. And 10 miles is easy in that boat. Um, you know, I can cruise that boat not paddling hard at four miles an hour. And just I can keep that pace going all day. And if you're talking trolling live baits, where you're usually going like one and a half to two miles an hour, and it just it just glides. Um, th that boat really did have a great combination of um, speed and stability. Where when when we were designing it, um, when what when I was proposing what I wanted, I told him, look, if if people are standing in this thing, it's too wide. Um, I. I it, I don't want that extra resistance. And then of course, you know, guys who are used to standing up in kayaks start standing in it and they're like, Oh my gosh. But I never felt like once you were on it, I never felt like it was too wide. I never felt like, uh, you know, it didn't have that great paddle ability. So uh, I think Tony found a really good combination of that speed and sp stability, which is, you know, for us offshore guys is, is always what you're looking for, a good combination of speed and stability. And, and he pretty much hit the nail on the head, I thought. Um, oh, uh, James, uh, Jonathan Lee says, James Macbeth won in a Kraken. Yeah, he won the uh, tournament down at Los Busos uh, in the Kraken. He was the only one in a paddle kayak. So there you go. You don't have to have pedals to win. So, um Anyway, let's uh, get this video rolling again, and we'll see what goes on in part two. I think he said we go to a lake at this point, and, and I haven't watched this in forever, but I think we actually go to the plant. We're still at the plant and watch some boats made, I think. I could be wrong. It was brought to you by Raymarine. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater with Raymarine. Welcome back. This week, Jim is joining Damon Bungard and EJ Jackson from Jackson Kayak. They're learning how our favorite fishing kayaks are made at the Jackson Kayak Factory in Sparta, Tennessee. All right, hi, I'm Damon Bungard. Welcome to the Jackson Kayak Factory. This is where dreams become reality. Today, we're going to talk about the manufacturing of the Kraken and how raw plastic becomes a kayak. They're pouring it in the mold here behind me. They're actually laying in graphics right now. So they're rubbing the graphic into the mold. I'll be pouring the plastic in. Mold gets sealed up. Goes into one of these big ovens over here. Rocks and rolls, spins around every direction. All the plastic heats up, melts, and goes everywhere we need. Comes out. Goes into these cooling racks in the back wall. Spins for a while, cools, shrinks. Comes out from there. It's demolded over here onto the cooling jigs. All the, the plastic gets mic'd for thickness. Check, check to make sure we got all we want it to go. Then it heads over here to trim. Okay, so once the boat's cooled and everything's good, it's brought over here to initial cut and trim. So these guys are going to remove a lot of the excess plastic that's not needed. Things like cockpits, hatch openings, trim rounds, by by hooks and things like that. So whitewater boats, fishing boats, whatever it is, come over here, cut and trim. And they go onto a rack, headed to assembly. It's been molded, it's been trimmed, it's out here now, and the actual boat's going together. So we have a whitewater line, a fishing line, and everybody's putting together seats, brackets, every kind of part that goes into the kayak gets installed here. So the end of the line of assembly, 
Dave behind me is here doing a QC check on this boat, looking it over, making sure everything's perfect before it gets bagged and headed to the warehouse. Okay, so boats are molded, trimmed, built through QC. They're up here getting checked out for final paperwork and everything else, heading into the warehouse. So our philosophy here in manufacturing is build it like it's yours. You know, we have a lot of, we employ about 150 people locally here in Sparta, Tennessee, very small area. So it's great to have a lot of, of fathers, sons, a lot of families working here. So really big on supporting the community and building it here. A lot of people here are, they're all crackers. They care about what's going out the door and they want you to have the best product you can get. Bag cracking, ready to go, showing up at a shore side near you. After an amazing day at the Jackson factory, the guys load up a few new kayaks. So I know that was a, a really quick um, overview of, of the whole process. Um, Rotomolding kayaks is a pretty interesting process. Um, and a lot of stuff that people don't like understand. Um, I, I saw a guy posting about the blue sky and they were talking about issues with uh, how some holes weren't lining up some inserts and of course there was all the local experts were explaining how to do it correctly which were completely off um i said there, there's different things that it's roto molding plastic is not a really really exact science um you know just like the shaping of the boat uh, you have to, that's why you do plugs and, and um, practice um, molds first. Uh, you know, the way a boat shrinks, what most people don't understand is that kayaks, when they're cooling, they shrink. And based on the color of the plastic, they may have different shrink rates. So a red boat may be shorter than a yellow boat, for instance. Um so they have to take all these things into consideration. Um, you know, a lot of times some of the very first boats off of the line for a new model are quite heavy because they just add a little bit more plastic to try to figure out where that plastic is going. Uh, like I said, the uh, the boats themselves, you know, that it's powdered plastic. It go they, they didn't show that, but it's powdered plastic goes into the mold, and then they close up that mold, throw that in an oven heat it up so it melts, and then it is spinning and rocking and rolling. And then they adjust how it is rocking and how long it stays in a certain spot to get the, the plastic flow to the correct areas to get extra thickness, say, around scuppers. Um, the hotter the area, they I, I, if I'm, I hope I don't have this backwards because it's been a while, but I think the hotter the area, the more it pulls in the plastic. So for instance, they may make the area at the scuppers hotter. So it gets a little bit thicker. So it, it's a very interesting process uh, to watch them go through initially and figuring out exactly how to get the, the plastic and flow and everything else to the boat. And um, I said, it, it's never any, a super, super exact science, but uh, the at the end of the day, you know, after you run a few boats, they, they, they get it dialed in and you end up with with really good products. Um, thankfully, uh, Jackson Kayak is, is pretty flexible. So if there is an issue, if they discover an issue, um, they are able to make those adjustments on the fly and uh, in line adjustments to the line. So it, it works out pretty good. So anyway, let's see. Uh, I know we go from here. Like I said, I go fishing with Damon and EJ and fishing with EJ is a challenge. I, I'll, I'll say that. I think we talk about it a little bit here, but fishing with Eric Jackson is challenging. It's fun. He's a super high energy guy, but that kind of makes fishing with him a challenge. And I wouldn't even say fishing with him. Shooting with him is a challenge, especially for the cameraman. So take a look. To head to Long Branch Lakes to spend a couple of days fishing in their signature Bill Dance Trophy Bass Lakes. The, the plan was to spend some days fishing with Damon Bungard, who is product manager at uh, Jackson Kayak, and EJ, Eric Jackson, you know, the name on the side of the kayak. Uh, for those of you who don't know Eric Jackson, he is a world champion whitewater kayaker. He is 100 miles an hour when he competes as a whitewater paddler. And as I found out 
when he fishes. <laughs> he, he fishes like um, nobody I've really fished with before. Um, so I'm not really sure whether it's my obsessive personality um, that uh, gets me, that has me so attracted to fishing. I love casting. I love being in the outdoors, whether it be on a river or a lake. Um, kayak fishing in particular gets you right on the water. It's just you, a small boat, your fishing poles, your lures, and out in the wilderness. It's, it's an amazing experience just getting out there. Um, but then you had the whole fishing and the challenge of fishing, trying to catch fish, trying to catch big fish, um, trying to land your lures in the right spot, you know, casting well. Just the total process for me really um, brings me back and makes me want to fish pretty much every day. <laughs> He hits a spot hard, 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 he fishes hard. And I think that's the same way he commits to training. It's the same way he commits to competition and he commits to that when he's fishing. So, I mean, he's competitive and he's just going to conquer that lake. And um, it was kind of interesting, but he was fun. I mean, he pounded water, he made more casts than me, he caught more fish than me. So EJ and I go way back to whitewater days. Um, EJ fishes like he paddles whitewater in many ways. He's pretty aggressive. He likes to go race point to point to point to point and just go fast and cast, 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 cast and try to find the, try to find the fish. A little different than my style, uh, but definitely it's fun. Variety is good. Um, so he's great to fish with when he's got his hearing aids in. Otherwise, he's going to be <laughs> wondering why you didn't catch any because he's yelling fish on all day and whatever you do, he has no idea. Stay tuned. When the kayak fishing show returns, the guys spend some quality time with a few largemouth bass. So, yeah, as I was saying, as Damon kind of described there, when you're fishing with, with EJ, and I, I have fished with him a few times, I have actually told my producer that I didn't want to shoot with him again because, we, you know, we try to have camaraderie and, and, and that. And like I said, I love hanging out with a guy. But fishing with him and trying to shoot a show, he literally, well, A, he, he, EJ doesn't hear well. <laughs> so, and he refuses to wear his hearing aids a lot. So you'd yell and try to get his attention. And, you know, first thing in the morning, okay, look, EJ, we need to all stay together. So, you know, the camera, I've got one camera guy. Okay, we want to get shots and everything else. And he's like, yeah, no problem, no problem. And the next thing you know, it's it's like, and he's like, and he's two miles away. <laughs> it was like, dude, it, it was amazing how, like I said, he, he power fishes. I mean, like I said, in that, in that section, in that lake, I mean, he caught more fish than us. He, he probably made 10 times more casts than we did. Uh, but he also pounded the water in front of where we wanted to go fish. So he was difficult, difficult to shoot with and fish with, but always a lot of fun because his energy is, is just next level. Um, just high power guy. Uh, Huey fishing. How you doing, man? We have a lot of people watching from, um, kayak fishing tales today on our YouTube channel. I really appreciate that. Uh, Huey, you're asking about what kind of trailer that is. Uh, the trailer belonged to Damon. Um, I, I know we did a feature on it in a different episode because he and I fished together right after this down in Florida. Uh, so I can look that up for you. Let me, uh, let me see if I can either find out from Damon or um, if I can find it on that uh, episode. It was very cool. I mean, it was very burly. A um, lot of storage, had the, the uh, uh, camp stoves and all that and all the storage and then the pop-up uh tent on top which was very cool uh frank uh mr solomon's <laughs> i just bought a jackson kraken 15.5 in mangrove color i haven't had a chance to try it but had to tell you how much i very much like the design thank you frank uh like i said tony lee and and i and the rest of the the crew worked very hard on um getting that boat the way we wanted it to. And, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was fun, very fun to, uh, to, to work on that boat. And, um, I mean, I know everybody, everybody I know that has one still loves it and isn't getting rid of it. I, I have a few of them. Um, uh, 
Uh, how many do I have? I've got two on my trailer right now. Two. I think I've got three 15s and two 13s. The 13s I really like because um, I have a rack that goes on top of our boat and the 13s are a little bit easier to deal with for throwing up on top of the rack and then I can take the kayaks out uh, to the islands out here. So very, very cool. Um, I said, they're both, both great boats. I personally like the 15. I said, I like long boats. The first time I jumped in the 13, I'm like, man, this thing feels short. But uh, I have friends who are smaller guys um, that really like that 13 too. So, uh, Mitch, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. Uh, Frank, no problem misspelling my name. People misspell it all the time. Uh, Volkswagen high energy people are hard to have a relaxing trip with. Yeah, like I said, it, for, for me, it was more that it was um, it was hard to shoot with them. Um, I mean, just if you were just to be with him and hanging out, you know, and going fishing, you know, sure, he could go pound and you meet at the campsite later or whatever, and you could still have a great time. But shooting with him was was quite difficult. And like I said, it was very difficult for my camera guys because they didn't know who to be with. You know, if it's go chase him or stay back with us, you know, where you're not getting those shots where you're getting camaraderie and chatting and all that. So that was, that was, that was the, the biggest difficulty. Um, do I still have the pink Kraken? Yes, I do. I do still have that one. I'm that one's up in the rack uh, because I've got a couple of newer ones that are set up with better electronics and all that stuff now. But uh, yes, that, uh, that color uh, was called um, 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 urban cowgirl. <laughs> and I loved that color. Is that what I'm in in that picture right there? It is. <laughs> so yes, that's that's my um, urban cowgirl Kraken uh, 15 in that picture, taken down in Baja. And Jimmy Jam, hi. Can I ask a question? Sure, Jimmy Jam, ask a question. I'm going to run this video again, but I will answer your question when we come back on. The Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by I will skip Hook One. Past. Everything you need to get out there and hook one. Well, guess I didn't need to. Um, here in Tennessee, uh, a lot of great smallmouth bass fishing. Um, there's some good largemouth bass fishing as well, but I don't think there's any better largemouth bass fishing than Long Branch Lakes right here in uh, Spencer, Tennessee. Long Branch Lakes is a private gated community in Middle Tennessee, catering towards people looking for a truly outdoor lifestyle. Beautiful homes and over 5,000 acres of woods and lakes only a short distance from Nashville. But the real draw for Jim is the collection of signature Bill Dance Trophy Bass Lakes. This week on the show, we are fishing at Long Branch Lakes. It is a gated community with three designer bass lakes. Uh, you know, these things aren't getting pounded by every Tom, Dick, and Harry driving their bass boat in. Uh, most of them don't allow gas motors. So it's kayaks or canoe or electric motors, all you're allowed to have on them. And we didn't see another person. We fished uh, two different lakes. Uh, we didn't fish the other, but I've yet to see another person on any of the lakes. Hi, my name is LaDonna Barton. I'm one of the managing partners of Long Branch Lake Properties. And we have a 5,000 acre private gated community here in Middle Tennessee, in Spitzer, Tennessee to be exact. And we're about 90 minutes uh, short from Nashville. Knoxville. And so we got invited so to this nice location because Damon actually one. lives there. And then today we're standing here in front of uh, one of the lakes at what we call the land of the lake. The fishing the was the fishing was tough because it was so lot, cold. A lot of different kind of communities and places we came down from Vermont. So we were used to a lot of just wide open spaces, natural, uh, good wildlife. We came in a long branch and uh, kind of drive in. It's kind of like your own little private park. Uh, I came down and looking at places to live and met some of the Madonna and Edmund, the property managers here and fishing and kind of called my wife back at home and this is like a playground for adults. Bass on fox. If you want to be outside, if you're bored here, it's your own fault. 
whenever I'm going on a trip, you know, I, I plan on throwing a variety of size lures. And we were planning on doing bass fishing, musky fishing, and fishing with different weights of lures. That's the really cool thing about APR rods. They have a rod that's gonna fit all those different styles of fishing. So, of course, I come on this trip, I brought four rods. I brought I'm not a, even sure that uh, APR rods exist anymore. A mediac, medium action, <laughs> and I brought a heavy action. Then I brought an extra heavy action for throwing the big musky lures. I filled all my reels with 20-pound uh, cans and braid from Seaguar. I really like the nose stretch. I like the abrasion resistance. Now, normally, personally, when I'm fishing bass, I don't use a leader. I go straight tied to the, uh, to the lure. We were in some clearer water. I unfortunately forgot to bring my leader and I wasn't getting bit as well as EJ and EJ was using some cigar fluorocarbon leader. I think I made a mistake. Um, I'm actually kind of bummed I made a mistake because he got a lot of bites and I really didn't. EJ and I were throwing the exact same lures for most of the trip and he was getting bit and I wasn't. And I really think, I mean, the only differences between our setups was he was using cigar fluorocarbon and I wasn't, I made a mistake. Don't make that mistake. It's honestly very, very rare that I don't use Stay tuned. Uh, fluorocarbon later. The guys have later. one more day on the water to haul in the big bass. EJ knows her down there. The Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by InReach Explorer, the only truly global satellite communicator with built-in navigation. We can skip this. Welcome back to the Kayak Fishing Show. Today we're at Long Branch Lakes with my good friend Damon Bungard from Jackson Kayak. We also have Eric EJ Jackson from Jackson Kayak. We're gonna be out here chasing some big bass and just having a good time. Edwin told us uh, to try some of these areas out in front of some tributaries that run into the lake out a little bit deeper. And I just came across a uh, kind of a pile of riprap and stuff, tree branches. I could see them on my uh, Raymarine fish finder here. So put on a, a little deeper diving crankbait that I can get down to it. Damon actually did very well on the fly. Because it is more of a finesse presentation. I'm a big believer that um, individuals can accomplish a lot, but teams and partners can accomplish a lot more. Um, Jackson Kayak, we, um, we, we can do a lot of things on our own. However, we can do more when we've got strategic partners and people that have a common interest with us um, that have certain strengths that we don't have. We're actually designing our kayaks around the power pole micro anchor. So my Big Rig Pro, for example, has a micro anchor um, the, the uh, attachment place is ready to go. Strap that on and you're, you're ready to go. So we're working with these companies. They're helping us develop our boats to work perfectly with their products. And what that does, because Jackson Kayak isn't going to go make a, our own micro anchor because we're not in that business. That's not really our strong suit. So by working with partners like that, also with uh, Ray Marine with their new Dragonfly Fish Finder, we're able to make our kayaks um, ready to go for a customer off the shelf. They can get their um, their electronics. They can get um, these different components on the boat and on the water easily. And it's not an afterthought or an aftermarket thing. It's like these boats were designed for it. He likes this frog. I'm having fun fishing with this frog. They're um they're hitting it really aggressively. I had it on all morning, I swear. I didn't get a single hit until probably three in the afternoon. Must be more, less of a breakfast than more of a lunch and dinner thing for frogs.
Well, that about wraps up our trip here to uh, visiting Jackson Kayak and Long Branch Lakes. We've had a great time fishing with EJ Jackson and uh, Damon Bungard. I mean, just we had some rough times, a lot of uh, a lot of weather to deal with, and I think I proved once again I'm no bass angler. I'm not a bass angler. So throughout this episode, you've seen me fishing from the new Realtree Edition Kilroy. Now the Realtree Kilroy, think of it as the ultimate sportsman's package. So it comes complete with all the great standard Kilroy fishing stuff, all the ram accessories, on, but also included is this whole new custom Realtree package. So you get a custom graphics package, but you also get a front front soft deck that's in Mac, new Realtree Max 5 that stores a whole fitted blind system, a removable Realtree Max 5 seat cover, and a removable decoy bag in the back. I have a lot so, of guys who fish freshwater who the Kilroy the is their favorite boat. I'm going to show you the whole crossover dual life of the new Realtree Kilroy. So the Realtree Kilroy is new. It, this uh, year. it paddles well, got good storage, kind of but definitely a flat water type boat. Waterfowl hunted from kayaks for quite a while. And we really wanted to take the Kilroy, the benefits of it to the next level for waterfowl hunters. So a lot of the same things that are great for kayak fishing, you know, ability to get places you can't get with power boats. The ability to be light and be mobile um, and have all your stuff nice and organized and be able to just basically stay out of the water, stay dry, stay warm versus in your waders when it's cold. All those things transfer directly over into waterfowl hunting. The Realtree Edition comes with a soft cover, which is a complete blind system. It stores in the soft deck, which is also a Realtree Max 5. It comes with a removable seat cover in Realtree Max 5 and a built-in decoy bag behind the seat from Realtree Max 5 that comes out with mesh grain. So you can have all your decoys, everything in a nice place, get out, sling it on your shoulder, put them where you want. You can toss them out of the cock if you want to do it that way. And then you just deploy the blind, slip in where you want, and you're ready for a fun morning with ducks. I'm really excited. Uh, oh, I forgot this was in here. With my friend Charles Belnaves. Um, he's a, a great artist, a fantastic tattoo artist. And we've been talking about him doing a tattoo for me for a while. I'm going to do a big squid on Jim here. The Kraken. Well, I hope you enjoyed seeing how the Kraken was built. I know I'm excited because I'm taking that boat home with me. We had a great time here. We had some tough conditions, but we had fun fishing over here at uh, Long Branch Lakes. It's been a wonderful trip. We finally got some beautiful weather. I'm sure the fishing is going to go off tomorrow. So that wraps up this shoot. If you want to see more about the Kraken, the Kilroy, the Big Rig, and all the other great jack. So yeah, there's that, uh, that tattoo. <laughs> actually, I think I had a picture of it here. Um, this is actually funny as a friend of mine um, took my tattoo because I actually got the tattoo before the, um, before the logo was decided on for the boat and a friend of mine took my a photo of my tattoo he's a graphic artist and kind of wrapped it around uh, a kraken thing i can i can show you here really quick that was actually my tattoo the skin and all that and then he added the graphic it was kind of cool pretty fun of my friend eric lorenz in uh, Germany did that for me. Uh, so we have a few more questions, comments here. Uh, Frank, I told my daughter that when I, oh, when I die, she is to give us or give me a Viking funeral in my Kraken. Perfect. I think that's how I'll do with mine too. Um, also looking for information on a trailer for it. Uh, the trailers I use and I, and I, you know, because I'm always carrying a lot of boats, I, I always use a trailer anymore. And uh, I use the uh, traditional, I used the um, Malone Micro Sport for a long time because I was only carrying a couple boats. But then because I ended up having to carry more, more boats and they were getting heavier. And plus the, with the blue sky, I switched over to the uh, Malone Mega Sport trailer and it carries the, all those boats really, really well. Um, Mitch, have I done anything with my 360 this year? No, because we haven't been fishing much. Um, I mean, it is all rigged up. It's got the dual torpedoes on it. It's got the uh, my Axiom fish finder on it. Or does it? No, it has an element fish finder on it. Um, I did add a bait tank to it. 
Um, so if I, if, if the surf's not too big, I can get it out and, and go fish offshore on it. Um, what I'd really like to do is get switch over from the dual torpedoes to one of the newer, uh, the 1103 torpedo, um, cause they have a pretty cool setup. Innovative sportsman, um, has a setup where you can, um, basically tie the motor in with where your rudder is. And so then you can steer it with your handles. Um, the way I have mine currently is with the tool dual torpedoes is they are locked straight. And then I steer the boat with the rudder, but it doesn't steer great. Um, <laughs> as I say, it steers kind of like a pig in mud. Um, Volkswagen, how important do I think floor is for offshore? I think it's really important. Um, you know, those fish out there, they have very, very good eyesight. And I know you're saying the water can be brown or green. Um, it's still sometimes that it, it's funny is, is, you know, the water can be brown in the top 10 feet. Like when we have a red tide here, it might be the top 15, 15 feet that has red tide. And then down below that, it's clear. Uh, we had a situation fishing actually in Texas. Uh, this was in the flats, but, um, you know, that, that flat water always looks kind of dirty. And um, I was fishing with Jameson and my buddy's like, hey, you don't need fluoro. So I, I straight tied and Jameson was using um, fluorocarbon and um, he was getting bit and I wasn't. And in that one, I actually had to shave my head because I lost a bet with him. Um, so, yeah, that was a, an interesting one. Um Jimmy Jen, here's his question. Hi, Jim. Love your videos. Hope you're well. Always keeping me entertained. My question is, I caught my neighbor. I caught my neighbor in his garden sticking his carp fish on. What? Oh, uh, really? I, I read that before I, I just read it. Really, dude? <sighs> Coggy flowers. Nice turtle. Thank you. This is, uh, by Louie the fish. Um, you can find him on Facebook. He, uh, resides, uh, spends most of his time in, uh, New Zealand or Hawaii and, uh, Louie the fish, he's a, a bone carver. So yeah, this is uh, carved from bone. Um, uh, Reginald, sorry for just getting on from Tennessee. How are you, man? Thanks for joining us. Uh, Jimmy Jam, you cannot come to our page again for all I care, dude. That was just inappropriate. So, uh, gone. Um, so anyway, I, I do appreciate you all joining us. We'll be here again on Thursday. Again, I'm not sure because I have lagged and not gotten a guest. Um, I think this Thursday will be an uh, Islander trip. Um, where we loaded up the kayaks and loaded them up and took them down to uh, Cedros Island. So that was, uh, I think, a seven-day trip, uh, mothership trip. So super fun. I think that'll be our next one. So again, that'll be Thursday at 2 o'clock. And thanks for joining us. If you are getting out on the water, please, please always remember to wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. You take care.